Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now here again is Matt Mosley. This Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Joined by Joe Hoyt right now, Dallas Morning News. Joe surviving the Dallas uh, heat wave that has taken, it's got everybody in its grip right now. Uh, Joe, welcome back to the uh, to the program. Has the NCAA sent any more memos this afternoon? They've got a. They've been very active in sending out these memos, and I was glad that you were able to intercept one of those memos or get your hands on it at least. All right, and but welcome back to the Mosley Show, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Matt. They sent me a memo today warning me not to go to the Fall Out Boy concert I'm going to tonight because it might be too hot. But, you know, I think uh, I think I'm going to do my own thing. So <laughs> where is the Fall Out Boy concert taking place? Uh, Dos Equis Pavilion uh, in Fairmark. So it'll be awesome. So you will have some exposure to the elements at Dos Equis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there may be some little... Some of those, uh, some of the places where you get some to eat, there may be some AC. You could duck in there every once in a while. I think if you could hear okay, I would just stay in one of those little areas. I would, just, <laughs> I would just find a, an a, some AC and stay in there. This is an interesting uh, stuff. The what's going on with the legislature um, and and the NCAA right now, and Texas puts through a new law on saturday which was hb 2804 i mean joe we can't get congress we can't get our state legislature to do much but when it comes to protecting nil and it comes to college football they tend to move in a hurry they they can kind of make things happen if you haven't noticed and uh, it changes uh the law to uh essentially allow colleges to interact with collectives and other third-party entities. Now, Joe, the Aggies are way ahead of the curve on this. Aggies have been doing this now for how many months? I mean, they've kind of been going down this road for about three months, so obviously they knew this thing was coming. Um, Do any of these memos from the NCAA mean anything to any of these schools? I I have to say that Baylor, at least, kind of, when NCAA made some threats, Baylor did back off on a couple of things. It does not seem like our state schools have backed off on anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't expect. Well, clearly, I don't expect A and M to to back off because they did it before this was even state um, in the state legislative, um, you know, discussion. Um, but I don't expect Texas to back off. I think other schools may kind of, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit because if you think about it, we're still in June. Um, you know, football season's still a little bit around the way uh, in terms of recruiting. The transfer portal pretty much is done. I mean, it's done, so you don't have to really recruit there. Long story short, I expect this kind of to be a, a wait-and-see period for some schools, but um, I don't expect that for uh, Texas and Texas A&M. You know, I was talking with uh, North Texas's athletic director, Jared Mosley, today about it, and he's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're definitely going to kind of pump the brakes a little bit in light of the NCAA's memo and kind of see exactly where things stand as we head towards football season. Yeah, tell Cousin Jared I would not pump the brakes for long. You know, I mean, they're already losing enough players to the transfer portal, NIL, other reasons, so it needs to kind of stay with it. That Matador Club is interesting, isn't it? That Texas Tech, um, and you talked to, uh, was it Cody Campbell? I mean, by the way, you know how much those Campbell's uh, brothers or Campbell, do you know how much they're worth, Joe? 
<laughs> that's, uh, when, that's... You, when you start talking natural gas, I think uh, the, the idea is it's a lot. So. I mean, it may not be Jerry Jones money, but they're knocking on the door. Um, and it's interesting, their approach, which has been, they, they now, as you talked about, want to get up to 120 football players on the roster, $25,000 per year in NIL benefits. You've seen SMU do something like that. Do you think that's the template, Joe? Or do you do you feel like more and more teams are trying to go across the board? And of course, for a star, occasionally they're going to have to go higher. I mean, you're not you're yeah. not going to get the five star athletes is saying, "Hey, we're going to pay you the same as some of these walk ons over here." Yeah, no, I don't think Bijan Robinson would have been solidified or satisfied with ten thousand dollars. But I, right. I think in terms of public kind of knowledge, I think that that's something that a lot of the collectives are going to really kind of base their reputation on is, Hey, you know, no matter what you come here, you get paid everything else after that, you know, maybe it depends on what the local dealership has in mind in terms of a car, you know, or, or anything else that's outside of the collective. But when it comes to the reputation of the collective, you're going to get a base salary, you know, and I think that's kind of what they want to base their reputation on. And it's so, so it's not a question in terms of recruiting, you know, because I think a lot of kids, whether it's through the high school ranks or the transfer portal, one of the first questions is, what are my NIL options? And for some of these collectives, they don't even want it to be a question. Yeah, and some of these coaches have changed their tune a little bit. I think that was off-putting at first when kids asked that. I think now, if coaches want any chance at a lot of these big-time players, they, they that's that's a fair question from an ath- a student athlete. Early on, you heard stories of coaches showing them the door when they were asking for that kind of thing. Did you get a kick out of the fact that the Aggies both lobbied for this new law and wrote it? I mean, I love the fact that, and again, it's about sometimes who you have elected, who do you have lobbying for you, who do you have, you know, politicians on your side. But it does seem like the Aggies had a major head start in part because they've been lobbying and they had a big hand in writing this law. Um, I, I, I find that kind of uh, a little bit humorous. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a great story from the Eagle, um, you know, to, to kind of get that on record. And, and I, I, find it, I find it interesting because you kind of mentioned earlier, Matt, like, hey, when it comes to football, you know, people will move fast in the legislature. And I think it's true because ultimately without federal guidance and without NCAA, you know, actually kind of having a little bit of bite with their bark, uh, in terms of oversight, then you have state by state different playing fields. And ultimately, what do a lot of states want? They want their schools to do really, really well in football and basketball and whatever sport it may be. So ultimately, I think as long as you kind of have this uneven playing field, that people are going to do what they can to ensure their state schools are in the best position to succeed. Right, Joe Hoyt joining us, Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. And Joe also follows up. Uh, SMU, you know, Joe, how proactive. It does seem like SMU's had fun with the NIL. They've leaned into it. I I think maybe they're a little bit like tech in that they've tried to have a broad-based kind of we're going to take care of a lot of the players. Has has, has NIL actually been pretty helpful to the Mustangs? Obviously the portal has. feels like they've handled the portal pretty well. And and is is SMU not held – hostage by some of those academic things that used to get uh, in the way of them getting players in there? Do you feel like they've gotten a little bit of relief in some of those areas? 
Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think there are still athletes that don't get in due to grades. They had one, you know, recruit not get in this past year um, that ended up going the junior college route. Um, but I think that that's not a, you know, Stanford or Northwestern-esque kind of issue. Um, but I think in terms of NIL, I think it's it's a great thing for SMU. And I, I think anyone would probably guess that too. I mean, they've got a lot of money there. Um, you know, I, I've uh, uh, one of the, the head of the collective here at SMU uh, talked to John Canzano, a columnist out there on the West Coast, uh, who in Pac-12 country, and they believe that they'd have the second best NIL pool and budget in the Pac-12 if they were to get in, only behind only Oregon, um, which is saying something when, it's, when you start talking about Phil Knight. Um, but I think SMU is they believe that they can recruit at a power five level. They believe that they have a upper tier NIL budget in terms of power five discussions. And I think that ultimately they hope that it actually translates to, to some success this year. What do they, what do you think SMU thinks of what San Diego state's going through right now, waiting for the PAC 12 needing to get this extension, not being granted by the mountain West. I would think the ponies are taking notes on what San Diego State's up to right now. Do we think the ponies in San Diego State are talking to each other and and maybe doing a little advanced planning? What do you what what do you what are the SMU folks kind of learned from what they're seeing San Diego State uh, the process they're going through right now? Yeah, I think that's a great question because those two have been tied kind of hand in hand since the realignment discussion started almost a year ago now, which is kind of insane. But I think SMU is probably happy that they're not in the position that San Diego State is because due to, you know, exit exit contractual language with their conferences, San Diego State had to do this in order to, you know, save money in terms of an exit fee that they'll that they're going to have to pay eventually. Um, you know, if if they let this go past June 30th without noting notifying them, uh, they'd have to double their exit fee from 16 and a half to 33 million dollars. SMU meanwhile doesn't have that. The exit fee parameters for the American Athletic Conference is um, just 18 months notice, and I believe eight to eight or 10 million dollars. Forget the exact on that. Um, but ultimately, we already saw a precedent. If a team wants to get out early, they just have to negotiate with it, um, kind of like Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston just did to get to the Big 12. And that ultimately cost them about 18 million spread out over a few years. So I, I think SMU, you know, people wondered when San Diego State did their, you know, resignation notice, like, hey, is SMU going to do that? And they don't have to. <laughs> so they can, they're in a position where they can kind of, you know, let things go as they may, rest, let the Pac-12 figure out on their own terms, and then whenever the Pac-12 is ready, they'll be ready to go too. It almost, you know, it does seem a little bit, from my perspective, that it almost feels inevitable at this point uh, for SMU to the Pac-12 and likely San Diego State. And I think we're just kind of awaiting until the first shoe actually drops. Are you kind of looking forward to some of those trips? I mean, I or, or are you going to – that'll be about the time you probably uh, stop covering the Mustangs. You finally get them into Power 5 and you'll you'll move on to like full-time Rangers or something. Are you are you planning to keep one foot into that, that whole SMU scene at least for now? As a as an Oregon alum, I'd love a trip uh, back back home every once in a while. <laughs> you know, whether it's Stanford and Cal to the Bay Area, or back back to Eugene or uh, Corvallis. But no, I think uh, I I mean I think that would excite a lot of fans here in SMU territory. Um, the ability yeah. to go take some of those trips. I think so, and uh, we're still mad at Oregon. By the way, uh, no, they flipped that quarterback Novasad, Austin Novasad. Novasad. Yep a name that should not be said above a whisper. 
uh, in these parts <laughs> across Central Texas. I don't, I don't know how Novosad's doing there, but he, he kind of waited until the last minute. And I think that UTSA uh, guy that became the offense coordinator there at Oregon played a pretty giant mm-hmm. role in that. And maybe some NIL. Who knows? Maybe the NIL uh, truck arrived on time. But uh, anyway, it's uh, – that's we, we we avoid that topic. I don't know why I brought it up. There. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you say Oregon, so I had to, I had to, I had to interject I that. You. Yeah, yeah, you I did. You. you did. <laughs> well, Joe, stay cool and stay alert. You never know when realignment will 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 jump up. And isn't it funny following all these these Twitter? I mean, it's like you almost want to unfollow some of these people, but you're like, well. The 50 things they throw out, maybe they'll get one right, right? I mean, just some of these random people. Now, you know, like Canzano, and, and so they're legit. You know, the other guy out there that writes a lot, he and he and Canzano do that show together. They're, they're legit people. Now, is it Pac-12 uh, angles? Yes. Are they kind of more positive than most about the Pac-12? Yes, they are. But it is funny, isn't it, Joe? These random Twitter handles that just go off. I mean, just – I mean, they – they they suggest stuff's going to happen any minute, and and much of the country then runs with it. Like, oh wait, did you read what somebody Jason Shear somebody said? And it's like, wait, <laughs> who is this person? Like, why does this person have any following whatsoever? But anyway, as long as you have a Twitter, and now of course it's confusing because some of us, you know, we don't. You got to pay for your little uh, Twitter thing now. You know your I your know. little check mark so it's all strange all right joe well listen have a great one appreciate it. I, I enjoyed your story and i thought that was i thought it was interesting and and uh and i i appreciate you being on with us of course matt always happy to talk with you all right there he goes joseph hoyt dallas morning news my old stomping grounds aaron that's uh the aggies i mean it that's just so funny the Aggies lobbied for that law. They wrote the law, and then and then it went into it, it, Saturday just kind of quietly. I mean, nobody's like, "Hey, did y'all see that? What went down Saturday? Did y'all see the new law, House Bill, whatever it is, two eighty four? It shows up, and what does it do? It protects Texas A and M and the University of Texas, and to a lesser extent, Baylor, some of the private schools. But you heard what he said. You got the UNT. Um, AD saying, oh, we're going to kind of tap our brakes a little bit. Aaron, you can't be tapping your brakes right now. Like, how how can you dare tap your brakes? The NCAA is as toothless as it's ever been. I mean, they, they, they have no power, and they're just sending out memos left and right. This House bill goes out Saturday. Within, like, 24 hours, a memo is floated out there. If If a state law... And, and NCAA law are in, um, you know, in, in contention, basically. If they're at odds, you, the NCAA law is going to trump it. You think A&M or Texas or Texas Tech care anything about that? Oh, they, oh really, NCAA? <laughs> Y'all's law trumps the state law? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, because think about how quickly they would take that thing and get that thing into court to uphold the state law. The governor signed it in. Oh, my gosh. It, it, the NCAA is just completely trying to play catch-up, and it's useless. Uh, we, there's no turning back. All you can do is try to, like, come up with something, 
moving forward. But to to to, to the only person they've gone after is those Miami those, those uh, uh, you know the the Cavender twins or whatever their name was. That's the only punishment anyone's gotten for NIL, basically. And I don't even know what they did. It was like they're TikTok stars. And then they went to Miami. They made the Elite Eight. Now they've retired and gone into TikToking. They they had one more year of eligibility. They they decided to go TikToking. I mean, I, and 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 they they I think suspended them for a few games and suspended the coach at Miami for three games. Aaron just like when Bill Self got suspended for three games, did it hurt <laughs> anything? No, they didn't care. They didn't care. All right, uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Aaron and I sprinting toward a holiday weekend. And um, But next, it is time for Campus Confidential. 